بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والآقبة للمتقين ولا عجبان إلا على الظالمين والصلوات الله والسلام هو الأشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك بحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Right then folks uh uh, from what I reviewed, do you know the thing that I've, I've stopped doing is to mark where I finish and I need to be reminded to do that. To actually yani, mark where it is that we, uh, we kind of get to. Wow, what's happening with the women today? 26 million here today. Is there some reason? Am I missing something? Where have you been, Farah? Where have you been? Shafaahullah. Shafaah anta man la yugadir saqama. Allah mushfih. Right, bring this uh, table forward. Bring this table forward. Guys, come forward a bit. Um, righty ho, folks. So, we did ta'awwud uh, last week, right? We were doing about seeking refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the meaning of it and the importance of it. And and going a little bit more holistically when you're especially not just in salah but just actually understanding the importance of, of, of that isti'adha or the ta'awud to seek refuge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to know the nature of the shaitan to know what it is that you're seeking refuge from his power and how important it is to not use this just in the prayer and of course it's so relevant in the prayer did I mention that the Prophet said about the shaitan that when you pass wind yani that uh, he passes wind when the adhan is going to try to block it out but he can't deal with it, and so he, he flees. Hadith Bukhari, he flees because it's too much upon him. And then as soon as the adhan cuts, then he comes back. And in salah is when he then relaunches his attack. And we all know that, okay? We all know, obviously, that in the prayer, that's when we become mo most mindless, right? And that mindless is coming from our internal weakness of not being able to focus, and then shaitan just taking absolutely every possible opportunity just to play you. So he's yani, just doing... You know, hitting you at your weakest point, hitting you, Yanni, when you know that you're most vulnerable, when you are doing something which is ritualistic and you've done it so often and you're not freshening it up and you're not changing the zone. So he knows you're, 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 you're fresh, you're just easy prey. And so that's when he takes you down and you start thinking of X, Y, Z. And then, you know, the next thing, I mean, you start Allah Akbar and then you realize it was over because you're saying Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah. That's another one that buys the dust. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, that's important. Uh, something which I forgot to mention, uh, uh, some, not I forgot to mention, but I, I, I forgot that uh, it was here on this page. It's on page 54 of uh, Al Mumti. Um, and Sheikh basically he gives an, an important point of, of two terms that we should know from an Islamic point of view Arabic terms which we should be comfortable with, and it's, li it's linked to seeking refuge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is, he goes, and the meaning of billah, the actual statement billah, which can be translated as I seek refuge with Allah okay i.e. I, I, I turn to him I depend upon him and I protect myself by him okay now everyone here has heard of the name Muaz. Okay, everyone heard that name. Like it's a standard pack name, Muaz. Yep. And of course, this is the name copying Muaz 
Ibn Jabal radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And you know, you should know by now, basic studies now, basic Islamic studies and especially basic Arabic studies, that many of the names of the people and the best names are the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without the definite article, right? Without the definite article. So Qadir is actually really a version of Abdul Qadir, okay? And because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al Qadir, the one who is able, the one who is powerful, Al Azim, and so on. And uh, so uh, these kind of variations. Got some fitna you are. When are you going to come and just yani, save us? Alaikum salam wa So, but the uncles are right. The uncles are right. Never ever doubt the wisdom of the uncles. The uncles got it right. The uncle said that the first day we started, yeah, seven years ago. They said, all you're going to do is eat chocolate every day. And seven years later, we say, nothing changed and nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, when I was trying to work out where I was, uh, yeah, in the lesson, I went back and reviewed last lesson. I enjoy watching myself yeah, eating chocolate. <laughs> it's so amazingly politically un- incorrect. It's like... I'm watching myself thinking, my goodness, there must be people out there, right? They're thinking, this is Haywan, this guy is. Because, <laughs> you know, you're taught to, you know, eat with your mouth closed and all this business. By the way, that's no, I don't know where that comes from. All right? Some British school of elocution, bakwas, I don't know what it is. But I'm not down for that whole mouth closed. I'm down to enjoy myself at that moment. And I was studying, you know, it's amazing watching yourself eating when you're unaware. And I was watching, I could see, yeah, the way that I was, you know, Trying to blag answering questions, but really the focus was on picking, choosing, you know, sorting. I thought to myself, man, you're one serious hungry guy. Got to calm down. Got to calm down. But one man's put sour cherries in front of you. Oh, sugar. What the heck is that? That's changed it up, isn't it? Grass, you know, is he made it at home? It's not, oh, it has labelled it, okay. So, fizzy bananas. Do bananas come fizzy as well? Sugar, everything's become fizzy, you know that? Yeah, you know what? I think you should keep bringing this bakwas here because I don't like this at all. Who are they? Is that number one? Is it? Jelly babies. Bro, the price tells you everything. It's a penny a pop. With this bad boy here, it's five pence, bro. That's no joke, bro. Five P in by day, you'd get that, you know, a big massive cola bottle, you'd get that for five P. How much is that boy is these days? 15 P, yeah? Sugar. You know Bob's used to have a news agency, yeah? He's selling all these sweets. Bob's knows, okay? Don't mess with Bob's. Anyway, we don't want to disturb the flow. Alright, just want to mess up because I know that all of you are just looking at the blue bag, yeah? And not constructing on the lesson. So now the blue bag has now gone. The sweets are there. You know what's there. You don't need to get all excited. Oh, the sour cherries waiting for me. There's no sour cherries. So it's obviously a miserable end to the day. Although we've got a little bit of behavior there. But you know that I'm hitting that box first. And then you get the leftovers. I take the golden barrels and the... Are the golden barrels part of roses? Yeah. But anyway, the caramel ones. You know what I mean. Right. Yeah, where's my biryani? I'm waiting. Next flipping week. I'm flipping not even here next week. I told you I'm going to get it out of my system, Yanni, this week. I've got some, don't do this to me, Yara. Right. So, so, um, uh, so these uh, names, it's important. What's the exception to this rule, by the way? What's the exception to the rule? Sheikh is like a little boy all the time. 
And then in, when I'm eating sweets, then I can a candy shop. Absolutely 100% correct. You should see me at home. Anyway, listen. Solange wants beats, isn't it? You know what I mean? She wants proper beats. I came three minutes late and I think I missed today's lesson. Gusson, what is she on about? That's messing about, isn't it? Only Solange can get away with that. I like Solange. I like her get away with that. Right, listen. What's the exception to the rule that I just mentioned? That in general, not in general, almost exclusively, the name of Allah, the divine name, because there's got to be a tanasub, right? Someone messaged me the other day, they said you wrote about dua 10 points. It would have been nice if you'd added uh, that you should call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's names that are relevant to the situation you're in, which is of course a correct point. But then there's another 15 points I didn't mention because I can't say quick and then add 25,000 points. You know what I mean? So I just put 10 points down that are quick and easy for people to, the non-academic, the non-specialist, the basic folks can just easily understand. Obviously, when you take your dua game to the next level, you've got to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is enough to call him Allah. That's it. He is the one who is worshipped. He's Al-Ilah, game over. It's Al-Ismul Akbar. It's the great name. It's a name that if you call upon him, he responds. In all of the hadith, there's nothing more powerful, more important than the name Allah. Al-Ilah, the only one that is worshipped. No need for the rest of these names. But he told us the rest of these names in order for us to understand him better. Why do we understand him better? So we can relate to him better. Why do we relate to him better? So that we can trust him better. We can love him better. We can fear him better. We can call upon him better. We can, everything is about improving our relationship. So uh, he's right. Uh, that's of course the next level. When you study Asma'ullah al-Husna, the beautiful names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and his attributes, his characteristics, you become more knowledgeable and aware of who Allah is, which directly leads to you understanding who you are. Because the more you know Allah, the more you recognize who you are. The more unlimited Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you appreciate, the more you appreciate how dependent you are, how limited you are, how finite you are. When you understand He is unlimited, infinite, independent. And so these names are very important. They're not just random names. Oh, you know, He's a Rahim and Rahman. They're roughly close, so it doesn't matter. Move on. Yep. When you, when you make dua, especially if you have a specific need, you should make it specific and call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you're angry, then call upon His powerful names. His names of, of, of attack, his names of uh, taking retribution, his names of, yeah, this kind of yani, uh, uh, mood. And if you're someone who needs help, then you focus on his help attributes, that he is Nasir. Yeah? He is the one who helps. He is the one who is victorious. He's the Qahar, right? There's no problem that he can't deal with. And if there is sometimes you need a little bit of yani, something more, soft, gentle, love, mercy, then you know the game. Uh, so it is important to recognize these names. And the more au fait you become with these names, then you appreciate that uh, actually when it comes to naming human beings, we do have a, we do have a naming system. We have yani, a priority system. The first is to follow exactly what the Prophet ﷺ said, which is to name your children with good names. That's the first and important rule. So you don't go for what's fashionable. You go for what's good. So, you know, it might be it might be fashionable, uh, anyway, I don't want to think of examples, but it might be fashionable to say something really stupid, right? Okay, but it has a really terrible name, but it's really cool amongst the people. Well, you don't do that, okay? Now, that doesn't mean you're not allowed to use non-Arabic, non-Islamic names. You're allowed to. But the first and golden rule of, of using names is that it should be a good name, okay? A good name, and a good name does not mean the shortest name, the stylishest name, the, you know, all that kind of stuff. It means that it has a good meaning. It has a good meaning. And there's this discussion amongst the Salaf and, you know, it's not exactly Quran, Sunnah, full on about does a name influence a child? 
Okay, and that's a discussion amongst the scholars. Arguments to and fro for that, really. Okay, it's difficult. It's difficult to kind of make an absolute argument because then you get stuck in bigger issues. You know, it's like then it becomes it becomes difficult that right if you believe that just naming a person is going to determine things. So we don't say that, but what we do say is that there's no doubt that a person who uh, just common sense, if you if you've never ever appreciated your name Muhammad. Okay, and your entire life is just Mo. Even though it's permissible to call a Muhammad Mo, it's permissible for the purpose of nickname, for the purpose of quick communication to shorten a name. The famous hadith in Bukhari is on that of Aisha radiallahu anha, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to call her Aish. Okay? And so we know it's permissible to shorten a name, all right? and it's not necessarily disrespectful. But although, of course, over the word Muhammad, yeah, there is a, a greater sensitivity because it's the name of the Prophet Sallallahu And so people don't like the idea. But theoretically speaking, if the idea is to yeah, and it's shorten because of you know, a, a reason and a good reason, then it's permissible. But I put to you that if you start using that concept from very young and you put it into the kid's head, he's a mo, and then from school it's a mo, and the teachers it's a mo, and then his mates it's a mo, and then his family is a mo, and then when he grows up, yeah, it's a mo, and he's not hearing his own name, which is Muhammad. Yani the word Muhammad is a very powerful word, just in the Arabic, yani, just with the shadda, Muhammad. When people forget the fact that it's the name of the Prophet, والسلام, the meaning of the word Muhammad, the one who is consistently and without a, call, without a pause, praised, always praised. He's not the one who is sometimes, but he's in a permanent state of being praised. Because if the people are not saying Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then the angels are. And if the angels yani, were not to, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala was the one who named him that. And so yani, it's, the name is, is, is untrue in how amazing it is in terms of its power. Then it's the name of the Prophet Sallallahu There's no doubt that a person keep hearing his name, keep hearing his name. If he's a sinner, he feels some shame. If he's in an embarrassing situation, let's say a guy's in a club, right? He's got a week yani, and he's, you know, he's, he's gone out with his mates and his mates. You know, someone's just convinced them to go to a club. And someone shouts out, Hey, Muhammad. You'd be like, what the heck, man? Do you know what I mean? I'm not even talking the embarrassment thing. I'm not talking about being caught. I'm just saying that there's much greater chance of you feeling, thinking, what the hell am I doing here? Versus, hey, Mo, what's happening? You know what I'm saying? So there's no doubt that a, a, a name, it should, by it being good, has got, it will have an impact. Right, a kind of anecdotal impact. I don't want to go any further than that. I don't want to make it something religious, okay? But the Prophet ﷺ would come across names that were kind of nasty, like harsh, or war, or or you know difficult. These people used to have names like that, like shadid kind of, and you know, and and harb and all these kind of things, right? Not harb. Harb, yeah. But even the, there's some, you know, the problem, uh, the reason I didn't want to give the example of Shadid and Harb is that actually the scholars allow these two names. But it becomes complicated. But the point is, is that, you know, some name that's got a negative connotation, it doesn't have anything yani, to look forward to, it doesn't make people smile, yani, you know, when you hear it or whatever. So it is important. Um, and so therefore, and then after that, then comes the hadith where the Prophet specifically tells you to name someone something. So Abdullah and Abdurrahman, of course, are the two blessed names. The Prophet ﷺ told us to name our uh, children those names. And then uh, the female version will be Amatullah and Amatul Rahman, okay, which is the female servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the female servant of the most merciful. 
and then you've got then the hadith which is not so strong, uh, uh, not very strong, where the Prophet Sallallahu um, told us to name our children the name of the prophets. Okay, the name of the prophets. So then after that, it becomes names which uh, allow you to relate to something, yani positive in the deen. That's where you get the concept of Iman, like my daughter Iman, or Hiba, or Ni'ma, or, you know, nice things, Taqwa, and Noor, and whatever. These are the kind of phrases which, you know, which some scholars, by the way, they used to consider makruh because they used to say that, you know, this is you attributing goodness to yourself. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, which, to be honest, is a bit extreme reading of the ayah. The ayah says, do not yani, consider yourself yani, purified. He is the one who knows. He is the one who knows who truly is, yani, who has taqwa amongst you. You, know, you call yourself taqwa. But I don't think people call themselves taqwa because they think, yani, I'm a taqi, right? But it's a positive name, positive attribute, good thing to keep reminding people what they are. So the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are also to be used in this way. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-alim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-azim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, al-rahim. And so we then say, I want to be rahim. I want to be alim. I want to be azim. And of course, al, the definite, the one and only, that belongs to Allah in the perfect sense. So there's a connection. So anyway, that was a very long way of explaining my question, which is, what is the exception to this rule? Huh? Rahman. Okay, Rahman is the exception. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-rahman and normally if you have a name of Allah like Azim, Al-Azim, you use, a human being takes the name in two ways. They take the name by taking the definite article off, the Alim, Alif, Lam off, and so you become Azim. So Allah is Al-Azim, so you become Azim, or you become Abdul Azim. So you put Abdul in front of it. Yep, that's how you, permiss- that's how you make it permissible. With Rahman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Ar-Rahman, you only have one way, and you make it Abdul Rahman, but you can't say Rahman. Even though we know many packs here who are Rahmans. Yep. It's a pack thing, but pack's not really aware of that kind of behavior. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al Muladu Wal Mu'adhu. He is Al Mu'adh. And probably many of you didn't know that Mu'adh ibn Jabal, his name actually means Mu'adh. Mu'adh means the one that you seek refuge in, the one you go to for help. Okay? Al Mu'adh is going to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, if Shaykh Uthameen is making a point that when you seek refuge in something, or seek refuge in Allah, it means that you are seeking protection. You're going to him for protection, for help. So, ta'awud uh, is all about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being al-mu'adh. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not just, he has two phrases that are used to describe this. Mulad and mu'adh. And the difference between the two is important to recognize. Ma al-farq between al-mu'adh wal-mulad, Shaykh Uthameen asks. He goes that the difference between al-mu'adh and mulad is that al-liyad, yani to, 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 to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, okay, that's how I'm going to translate al-mulath, when you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, is لِطَلَبَ khair when you are seeking good, when you want inspiration, when you want yani, um, protection, not of the I'm in danger type, but protection in that I want to be guided type. I want you to push me to the right direction type. So you don't always turn in help to someone just because you're running. Does that make sense? You don't always help turn to help because you're in danger, but because you need to do more. You need to do better. So Al-Muladhu is the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we use when we turn to Him for guidance, for help, yani for, for direction, for yani moving forward. Wal-Iyadhu lil-Farari min al-Shar. 
And Iyadh, which is to seek refuge and protection of Allah, is when you are running from evil, when you are seeking refuge from evil. And that's why, uh, and then the poem, obviously, yani my, my, my Arabic poetry is not my strongest suit, and translation is hard. But he then, Sheikh Uthameen then quotes the poet, and the poet is a way of teaching, of course. They always say, the poet said. I think we said that in English, don't we? Do we use that in English? When we're trying to explain something, do we, do we have in our literature? Who studied English literature? Anyone? Huh? No, otherwise it wouldn't be working, would it? Yeah. You know, subhanAllah, even this country flipping recognizes that you're not going to get anything with bloody English literature. I was looking at this, this tuition fee yani, proposal. They're going to cut it. They said, yeah, we'll cut the, the English literature one to, to 4,000 or 6,000 because obviously no one's going to get a job afterwards. And we'll make the science ones 13 grand, 15 grand. Yeah, because that's the ones yani, that's going to get more. Actually, they should just say that you're going to take English literature, you're just going to pay for some flipping professor to do squat. You're going to do nothing. You're going to work in Burger King for the rest of your life. Yeah? And the science one, he probably maybe works in Topshop or, or whatever. Take it So anyway, with no hate towards Burger King or Topshop, did you see the Burger King response to Kanye West's tweet? No, no, he just, you know what, I, I was even going to, you know, Qasim, I was going to even use his yay name to show you, yani, what, you know, what happens when you choose a stupid name, you become a stupid person. No, but yani, sometimes, so we know he's stupid, but we've got to ask ourselves, why the fish is he stupid? Because he's got a name called yay. Anyway, don't let me hate on Kanye It's not possible to hate more on Kanye West. The only person it's more possible to hate on them more than Kanye West is his wife. And the only person who's more possible to hate on more than his wife and Kanye West is Ted Cruz. So, so no, no, no. You know, this is the people, mistake that people make. You, you don't understand. You don't, you don't listen to this statement and record it and think over it all night. Donald Trump is 10 times the man Ted Cruz is. Now, eat that. Smoke it. Think about it. Reflect on it. Yanni, you know, I want you to know that there were billions of people on this planet last night that were making dua that Ted Cruz loses. <laughs> and you know what? I sent a message to Omar Suleiman and all these people, Yanni, because you know, obviously I said to them, all of them actually, because I'm on the group, the, the, our instructors group, they're all Americans, isn't it? There's only a couple of Brits. And I said, in fact, you know what? what, 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 what I tried to remember when, when I wrote it down. This is very important. I want you to listen to this, okay? Because what I said is very, very important. Now listen to me. All, you're all Yanks. Okay? This is the, the, is it on the camera thing? Is it there? Okay. This is in the morning. I had to do a night shift last night. Now listen to me, all your Yanks. You do realize that these nights don't come around too often. Nights where Brits have open season on dumb Yanks. <laughs> so I'm just going to go right ahead and use my privilege. And I, and all you're just going to have to grin and bear it. All you all, yeah, is all like Texan slag, you know, all y'all, yeah, all right. You're just gonna have to grin and bear it. So let me start here right now. Firstly, I am going to sleep all night. Simple as that. There's no way I can sleep and lose my opportunity to this. So yeah, you got me all night. Secondly, here's the statement. Any nation or people that votes in Ted Cruz, Ted bloody Cruz, the world's poorest excuse for a human being possible. And yes, that means less of a man than Donald Trump himself. Then such a nation deserves every single thing it gets. And then my last line 
ایک لاکھ لاکھ لانت آن سچ نیشن life Donald Trump cussed his mom, his dad, his wife. Who else was there to cuss? There's no, Lala, there's no one else left to cuss. Bagheret, he went back and he begged him for mafi. He begged for Donald Trump's mafi. Trump's a don, isn't he? He's a don. Honestly, what a champ. That guy does not mess about. He doesn't care about no one. He does not care about no one. Even subhanAllah, even today, you know, if you've seen the video of him kicking off with the, uh, Acosta, uh, the, 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 is he Mexican origin? Whatever, he's a minority, obviously, yani for CNN reporter. He turned out, he turned the most, yani biggest disaster moment possible into a win for himself. He shut the guy up, he slapped him down, and it was so embarrassing, the kind of things he said and whatever, whatnot. And now the whole of the internet and the whole of social media has turned against Acosta because the Miskina Bajari, you know, she came to take the microphone. So he grabbed the one and pushed her down. And that's his game over. Donald Trump has now become the champion of his rights. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe it. That is the arch manipulator, the king. Everyone should bow down to that king. He should learn everything from him. He learned politics, learned ruling. Learn manipulation. The guy's a champ on every level, bro. I'm telling you. And I've got my customer's going to bring my cap. Make America great again. Just, Yanni, just for the American students, just to teach them, Yanni, you know, you deserve everything you get. Who votes in Ted Cruz? Oh my God, I can't understand. Anyway, what are we talking about that for? Poetry. What's that got to do with poetry? Kanye West. Ye. Yeah. Burger King. But English literature. <laughs> see, it's, just, it's, it's there. The mind works in strange ways. I, I, I got there, you see. Why, let's not finish Burger King. Burger King is where you're going to end up working if you take English literature. However, we must not disrespect English literature. It's a very, very important subject. We should take it seriously. And I wish that I had studied it further because I love English, okay? And I, I, no one's answered my question. Uh, Yes, Juwaria, completely permissible. I believe, by the way, on a serious question, I believe it's permissible to backbite Kufar 100%. Um, yeah, in English, we also say, the poet author says, I, by the way, I don't know, I don't know if that's true, you know. I think that what he's reading is translations of Arabic books. Oasis, I think that's what you're doing. Give me one example from, from classical English or any quality writer that is explaining something and quotes a poet without mentioning his name. That's what I want to know. Because in Arabic, it's the norm. Because poetry is the norm. It doesn't, we don't need to know the author or the poet. You just say, as the poet said. But in English, I don't think you use the third person in such a majhul way, passive way, that the poet said to prove the language. I, I, want, I want proof about that. Okay. Anyway, the, 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 I can't remember what the Burger King uh, thing was. But it, it was the greatest tweet of the year, by the way. Because that, you know, that yay, can yay, plum, whatever he is. Yeah, you know, he obviously realized what an idiot he was. 
maybe he doesn't realize that either. But he's now dropped his, you know, he said, Toba, Toba, I'm sorry that I supported so-and-so. And he basically said, uh, McDonald's is the greatest meal in the world or something like that. Or McDonald's is the best place to eat or something like that. And Burger King just retweeted it with, you know, the ice, the eyes thing, you know, like that. Which I think is the greatest tweet of all history. I think it was retweeted like 500,000 times because that's it, it explains everything. That's what happens when you eat McDonald's. So, Burger King at least is better. Okay? Ya man bihi fi ma u'amiluhu wa man bihi mimma uhadhiruh la yajburun nasu azman anta kasiruhu wa la yahiduna azman anta jabiruh That's the poem. Yani roughly translated as, oh, the one that I turn to in those things that I dream about and I hope for, and the one that I seek refuge you from that which I am afraid of and, I, and I'm warned against, none of the people will be able to fix the bone that you are the one who, when, when you are, if you break it, and none will be able to break the bone which you have fixed. It doesn't work in English, to be honest. But Yani. So the point is, is that the, 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 the poet referring to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this person and him wanting to seek refuge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use the two verbs differently. And he referred to Allah as the mulad and the mu'ad. Anyway, something of interest, okay? Right, let's, the next, then his thumma yubasmilu. Yeah, thumma yubasmilu. So this is the top of, this is the top of 55. So this is now... What's the English translation? Uh, like I bring up the notes or whatever it is. So we're now in the statement where, so then he seeks refuge. So we've done that, yeah? And I put in Arabic in the, in the brackets. He makes isti'adha. Isti'adha now, everybody knows now. Isti'adha means to seek refuge, okay? So he says, A'udhu billahi rajim. Everybody now knows that, okay? At the very bare minimum. Then he recites the basmala. Okay, thumma yubasmilu, yubasmilu. Now, there are some things that for the people who are advanced students and study Arabic and study better this, that, you need to know a couple of things here. Okay, everything, everyone should know, first of all, that the word yubasmilu is, a, is not a real verb. There's no such word as yubasmilu, yubasmilu. All right, there's, I, I think it's very important from the Arabic text itself, for students of Arabic language, this is not a, a valid original verb. There's no such thing. But rather what happens is that when you have a word, and the word here is Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Okay, we've said this many times before. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is called the Basmala. And when you say just Bismillah, it's called Bismillah. Or Tasmiya. Yeah, Tasmiya. When you eat food, you do the Tasmiya. When you make wudu, you do the Tasmiya. You say Bismillah only. When you eat food, only Bismillah. Okay, but if there's a reason to say the full formula, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, this is called the Basmala. And when you do it, you Basmilu. And this, yani in Arabic, this concept is called, I didn't know this, it's the, the actual phrase for it. I mean, I know people do it, but it's called An-Nahat. 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 Okay, Nahat is when you look at the word that you've got and you use the first three of them or the not the first three uh, you take the main original letters so bismillah is ba 
sin, mim, lam, even though that's not one word, but it's a phrase, okay? And they've taken ba, sa, ma, la, and they've turned it into a verb. This process is called nahat. So they, they, so the, 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 it's a, it, the word is a noun. The verbal noun is basmala. It doesn't have a verb, but they create the verb. All right, so you, you need to be aware of that. Yani that sometimes happens in the Arabic uh, language. And the basmala, bismillahirrahmanirrahim, is also very interesting from an Arabic point of view in that it is a sentence that has a number of Arabic uh, tools uh, applied. So there's, it is jar and majroor and sifa and mawsulf, and it is mudaf, mudaf ilay. And don't ask me for one second to tell you what those are in English. Because I don't like Arabic grammar. Mudaf, mudaf ilay is what? Possessive and... Possessive and... Possessor? Possessive, possessor, jar majroor, nominative and nominating, or something like that. Yeah, sifa mausuf, the, the the description and then the described. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the, those are whatever. But like I said, when you teach in English, you know one of the big mistakes, not big mistakes, but one of the big problems that we've caused for ourselves is that people learn Arabic in English. Yes, and people who learn Arabic in English, which is understandable, because you want to, if you want if you want to understand the grammar of another language. You want to put it in terms of the frame of reference that you already have, which is, I know what a noun is, I know what a verb is, I know whatever. And that makes sense. However, it doesn't in Arabic. It doesn't make sense in Arabic. And that's why the people who learn Arabic in English always suffer, always are slower, always yani, are weak. Whereas those who learn Arabic in Arabic and you redefine the words that you had a definition before. Like I remember when I was young and I was told what a verb was. Or what an, or an, uh, actually, you know, it's been a long time since I studied Arabic grammar. We're talking about like 20 years, but I mean, it's even <laughs> even more than that when it comes to English grammar. But I think that the first time I technically came across the word noun, I think I was told it's a naming word. Is that what they say? Naming words. Okay. And the first, and I can't even remember clearly, but I can remember very clearly the first time that I was told what a noun was, an ism, in Arabic. And it was something I couldn't understand for the life of me, what he was trying to say. He was saying it's a word that can't be affected by time. It's like, what the heck is that? Do you know what I'm saying? I was like, you know, legit definition. I was like, you know, that's like some science behavior. I can't work out. I was trying to work out, what's that got to do with time, no time? And he's just talking about someone's name. And that's the difference, right? You see then that the verb is all about time. And when you study verb, you understand, was it a doing word? What did they call a verb? Doing word, yeah, a doing word. That's how you understand verb, and you and there's no need to understand it any more than a doing word for the rest of your life. What works in nursery, what works in infants, what works in juniors, it works. In, it's a doing word, and I would have carried on happily with doing word for the rest of my life. But in Arabic, it's something which has a tense and is yeah, and it relates to time, and it's weaker than a. It's weak, you know Arabic language when you study the grammar, you're not just being told about its actual definition or its reality with respect to time, but you're also taught its strength. So when a person like cusses you with a verb, yeah, and he cusses you with a noun, you got destroyed when he cussed you with a noun. Because it's stronger. It's because it's permanent. Because time can't affect it. Whereas the idea is, is that with a verb, because it is passive, because, not passive, because it is uh, temporal, fleeting, it's a moment in time, almost like, you know what, you're a verb for crying aloud. You can't even hold one time down. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you're in the past, sometimes you're here, sometimes you're in the whatever, and the noun is like, you know what, nothing, nothing can touch me. I'm there, there, and I'm here now, and I'm there then. You get my point? 
And that's how you study in Arabic. When you study in Arabic, you don't, you're not given a definition for a verb. Verb doesn't even enter into your mind. He says, right, this is what a fi'l is, and this is what an ism is. You know what I'm saying? So the whole thing is very different. What are we talking about this for, by the way? Grammar, yeah? Anyway, I don't know what I don't know what point I was making. Tasmiya. Nacht and Bismillah. Kanye West. Burger King. Right, okay, so anyway. Uh, 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 oh yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, the point was is that the reason I was trying to say is that I genuinely I'm not trying to be modest or show off. I have no idea what Jar Majroor actually is. Or mudaf, mudaf ilayhi. Is it possessive, possessive, nominative? What I know is what majroor is. I know what the jar does. I know what the mudaf is. I, so in, in Arabic, I can tell you its function and its power and its, and its meaning. But anyway, here, in, the, 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 but in English, it's just grammatical rules, isn't it? But anyway, the basmala itself is bi, and then ism, and then Allah, and then ar-Rahman, and then ar-Rahim. So with or in the... And ba is something which makes everything after it uh, with a kasra. What do we call it? Zir. Yeah? Zir. So ism becomes bismi. Yeah? And the alif, the hamza, is eaten out because it's too harsh. Bi ism. So bism. Hamza al Alif gets cut out, joins together. You have Jarman Jarud situation going on. That's what we find. You have the sifa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah, al ilah. And then his description. So the description, the, 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 that's the, and the, the described and the description is Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. And then the mudaf, mudaf ilay is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that name of Allah. Um, the next point that to make is, what does it mean when you say Bismillah? When you have this kind of uh, 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 structural uh, uh, form in the name of, or with the name of, there has to be a verb. Then we need a verb. Okay. <laughs> It's incomplete, this sentence almost. Bismillah rahman rahim It says, with the name of Allah, the merciful, the especially merciful. You see that? Abda. We need that ending part of the sentence. What, what, what? With the name of Allah, the merciful, what? Yeah, and it's just a statement, right? We intend something. And the scholars differ over what should it be. Should it be, Bismillah rahman rahim Abda'u? I begin. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim akra'u, I recite. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim atawadda'u, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim akulu. Okay, what does it mean? And where is the verb? And this is another rule of Arabic language. Arabic language has this concept of taqdeer. What's taqdeer in English? Indicative. Indicative. Yeah, so you don't mention the verb, but it's indicated. So give me an English example. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. See, that, stick with me, bro. I'll sort it out for you. Where is it that we say, so Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, when we are about to, if I say Bismillah, when I make wudu, I mean Bismillah atawadda'u. With the name of Allah, I now make wudu. That is what you're saying when you say Bismillah at wudu, at the beginning of wudu. But we don't say, I am making wudu. It's assumed. And that's called taqdeer. Does English language have that? Yeah, a sentence. Yeah, 
does, does English recognize that a sentence becomes more powerful if you don't include the action? That's the way I want to put it. Is it part of, of eloquent rhetoric or skillful prose to be able to write a line and hide the action? Okay, can we all agree that it is part of excellence in English to reduce the number of words in a sentence? Agreed? Okay, so that's the same in Arabic. That's the easy one to explain, okay? The same in Arabic. So there's no doubt, if I say Bismillahirrahmanirrahim aqra'u and Bismillahirrahmanirrahim and you know that I mean aqra'u, then that second one is more powerful, okay? So this, I want you to know that it is out of uh, honoring of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we allow a focus to be on his name and not of unnecessary focus upon the action because the action is already understood and assumed and therefore you, are, you, leave, you leave focus upon the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's one of the reasons of balagha, the rhetoric, when you, uh, eloquence when you study it, the art of Arabic language. These things are very important. Uh, you'll see, of course, the Qur'an full of taqdeer. There's so much, all Arabic language actually, not just in the Quran, but in the Quran it's perfected. You'll see assumed verbs that are minimizing space, allowing maximum meanings, maximum flexibility, and, and power, beauty and power, okay? So I want you to know that Bismillah rahman rahim it means different things depending upon context. That's your next lesson, okay? That's your next point that you've uh, picked up, okay? Um, at the top of 56, um, Just quickly, then, so Allah is, you know, the, the supreme name, Al-Ilah. Ilah means God. Al-Ilah means the God. We had this discussion in this class, you know, that a lot of people, they get a bit kind of, uh, kind of jittery when they translate. There is, there, are no, there is no God worthy of worship. No. What do they say? Implied, by the way, not assumed. Implied, that's good. Away said with the name of Allah, Abid Nahat with not Nahit and Nahat with a H eighty, with the name of Allah I begin, is obviously the Arabic version, but in English we don't say with the name of Allah. Okay, you know, you know, you know the concept of saying God, that people get uncomfortable about the word God. You know, like he is. No, no, I mean you know referring to people as or. Not us, I mean, but reinforcing the concept that someone would call themselves a god. Yeah? Um, right? So I just want you to know that um, I don't think that we should have that sensitivity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't shy away from the fact that gods out there are, are real in that people believe in them, make them, create them, have chosen to worship them. And to use that fact does not negate, to, to avoid that fact is not yani, unbecoming. So if a person says there's no God except, how would you translate la ilaha illallah and, and have a problem with it? And how would you translate la ilaha illallah and be happy with it? So they want, so they want to add worthy of worship. Oh yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, I have the problem with it. Correct. I'm trying to go. Who had the problem with it? I have the problem with it. Yeah, there is no god but Allah, and that's not true, because there are many gods. That's the point. 
That's correct. Yeah. So I always like to add, there is no God worthy of worship except Allah. Because there are many gods. Okay? And everyone claims it. And they're also a lot of aquas. There is no, nothing worthy of worship in truth and in reality and in deserving other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, so, uh, and to, to almost emphasize that even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name indicates that. In that he's not ilah, which is God. He's al-ilah, the God. And al-ilah, the i, hamza of the ilah is removed. Remember we said when we want to join two words, you want to make it smooth. So the i is taken out, so it becomes Allah. Okay, so Allah. Ar-Rahman is a description. Ar-Rahim is, uh, is him, him himself, subhana, when he is in, in action. So what do I mean by that? Rahman means that he is the owner of vast mercy. He is the owner, the possessor of vast mercy. We translate it as merciful, but we need to know what it actually means. It actually means to be the possessor of vast mercy, all of the mercy, mercy which encompasses humans, non-Muslims, Muslims, animals, everything, absolutely everything. Ar-Rahim is the one who expresses mercy and actually does it. Now, in the... Uh, 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 when it came to the scholars, they had a big discussion amongst themselves. And what does it actually mean when Allah says that He's Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim? Or, or rather, I should say rather, how do you, what's the difference between the two? Well, from an Islamic point of view, it's never been a problem because we don't care about politically correct any definitions. Rahman means the owner of mercy and Rahim is that he will be specifically merciful to the believers in the Akhirah. That special, yani, Akhirah saving mercy, right? Because... To have to, 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 you know, the fact that everybody does everything that they do right now at this moment on this planet is out, is out of Allah's mercy, right? He allows them to do it. They don't deserve any. They, no human being or animal actually has the right to do anything in life, frankly, okay? But Allah allows them to do it. And Allah even allows some people and things to even enjoy themselves, even have five minutes a week to be happy or to relax. That's a mercy. And that's Muslim, non-Muslim, everyone. So that's because he's Ar-Rahman. But Ar-Rahim is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is fa'il. It follows the wazan, the weight of fa'il. It means that he expresses and shows mercy, but specifically, and this is the opinion that I follow, and of a number of scholars, specifically to the believers at the time that they're going to need it most, which is in the akhirah, part of his shafa'a, part of his forgiveness, part of his yani, intercession, part of allowing the intercession of others. So that is something which is not going to be part of the mercy that's going to be shown to others that didn't deserve it. So that is the meaning of... Uh, and yani as Sheikh Uthameen says, well, fi'l isal rahma ila al-marhum. It is the reaching of that rahma to the one who is who receives it. Okay, so this is meant to be recited quietly. Okay, sirran, the top of page fifty-seven. All right, and yubab a yubasmilu sirran. Yani ida kanat al-salah jahriya, meaning that if the prayer is loud, because you don't need to explain that for a quiet prayer. If it's a quiet prayer, you're not hearing anything anyway. Agreed. So this statement, he recites it silently, is specifically talking about the obligatory, about the loud prayers. Okay? And in actual fact, there are so many ahadith, the vast majority of ahadith indicate that no Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen was heard. Okay? The vast majority of the hadith indicate that there was a pause and Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen was heard. We've covered these hadith over the last four or five weeks. Okay? We've said that that pause included the sana, yeah, the, the, the istiftah, yeah, and 
Rajim, and we're also saying it includes Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. There are some narrations that do quote the companion saying that we stood behind the Prophet and he said, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. But they are the minority compared to the ones that don't say that. And in actual fact, as Imam Darqutni said, and I have to say that this is where my heart also follows, okay? Yeah, it's, it's a good argument. It's not the strongest argument in the world, but it's a good argument. There's not a single authentic, strong, authentic hadith for the moments where the Bismillah was recited. So every time that there's a narration that mentions Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim was said out loud, there's some weakness in the chain. There's a weakness in the narrator. There's some, we- there's some shahd, yani, shudud, yani, in the, uh, some, something strange or, or whatever in the Senate. So it seems that there's always a problem. And I think, and Darukutni, of course, is no joke. Imam Darukutni is, is, is a naqid. Remember, if, we, if you remember back in the early days where we spoke about the hadith scholars, you are muhaddith, which is just a hadith scholar, and you are naqid, plural, nuqad, which is the, the, yani the daddies, basically. You can't get any bigger or higher. It's the champion of hadith. These are people who are actually able to declare hadith weak or not based just on hearing it, seeing it. They can feel it. They sense it. Something special. Yeah. And that's really literally you can count them on one or two hands. You're talking about Bukhari. You're talking about Darqutni. That's about it. They're very, very little. Yeah. Very few people. He thinks yani, the hadith, not a single hadith that has jahr. Yani, the basmala said loud is sahih. Okay. All right. Um, I'll tell you what Sheikh Uthameen leans to, even though he kind of mentions this. He, even he mentions it. He goes that, uh, he goes, uh, he, I'll be honest with you, the, 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 the majority of scholars are quite comfortable with the idea because there's a presence of both that a person's allowed to recite both. And that's the only way the scholars generally relax. And I want you to know as a class position that even though it's, the sunnah is to recite it silently, it is, permiss- it is, it is, it is a matter of a, a difference of opinion. Hadith exists. And so no one should criticize or think that someone is doing something against the sunnah. Because the hadith there that stated, ultimately, what's stopping us yani, taking it is because we believe that those hadith are slightly weak. But if a person yani, hears it, whatever, I don't think it's a problem. And Shaykh Uthameen indicates that. He indicates that. He goes, And he goes, that was even mentioned. So he doesn't believe it fully. He goes, but it was said. You know when he says that? It was said that the hadith, every hadith is weak. He doesn't want to say... I say all the hadith a week, but it's kind of like, you know, it's been said. All right, so, uh, and he actually gives a reference to that. He gives a reference to Mughni, and he gives a reference to uh, the Majmu' al-Fatawa of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah as well. Interesting. Okay, all right. Let's get to a very interesting point. And we'll close on this yani, issue. وَلَيْسَتْ مِنَ الْفَاتِحَةِ That the basmala is not from the Fatiha. Wow. Big statement. Big statement. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is not part of Surah Al-Fatiha. Interesting. So, let's do an exercise. And I do do this exercise, but I can't for the life of me work out what class I do it in. Fitna? Dominion? Fiqh Salah? No. I mean, get out the phone and look at your app. Or is that like a new, am I a new kind of modern kind of guy now? Is that an update? Fitna, yeah? Yeah, we did. And I think it was because we were discussing yani, whether the certain ayat are uh, 
something about the ayat, I can't remember. But anyway, okay, everybody get your phone out and uh, go to your favorite Quran app. Your favorite Quran app. Okay? For whatever reason the favorite is, it doesn't matter what the reason is. <laughs> Allah, pure, pure, pure lafanga. All right, okay, everybody got one, yeah? Online, everybody, everyone. Yep, Mesa said, I do it in fitna. That's the reason we have Mesa. That is the reason we have Mesa. What a shot. Right, okay. Um, put your hand up here if you are using a dedicated Quran app. Actually, everyone's going to be. So, so let me do it the other way around. Put your hand up if you're using a non-dedicated Quran app. That means a Compass app or an Islamic app or Prayer Time Pro app. Put your hands up if you're using one of those. Nope, everyone's using a proper app, yeah? All right, that doesn't help us. Okay, that means then I think in every single one of your apps, there is no ayah number one after Bismillah. Put your hand up if your app shows Bismillah Rahman Rahim followed by the letter one. Okay, and everybody else, Bismillah Rahman Rahim is at the top alone. Okay, all right. Yes, put your hands up if Bismillah does not have one after it. Put your hand up. Okay, all right. Name of your app? Quran Hive. Yours, Ajman? Quran Explorer, yeah? Quran Explorer. Quran Explorer has an app now. Are you opening it on the web or you mean you've got an app called Quran Explorer? The Quran Explorer, yeah? Come on, Yara. You need some sugar, yeah? yeah you, want your, you want your sweeties? <laughs> right, come on. That's even, I can't even work out what that even. Uh, uh, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Because it's saying, because Alhamdulillah means got two. So even yours does. So even the people yani, who claimed Yanni, unbelievable. I'm going to have to investigate every single person and show them how to count one and two. The Tajweed one doesn't. The Tajweed one doesn't. There you go. End of story. Three people claimed it. Three people fake news. Fake news. And the worst of them, the Besharam of all Besharam, Shazad Salim. Shazad Salim, he comes. And he just said that, and thingy. Now Usman is so happy because he's literally now jumping with excitement. He, you know what he just said? He goes, what's the prize if I find one? As if like I'm trying to find one, yeah? <laughs> what's the prize if I find one that doesn't have it? That doesn't have it. No, no. I've forgotten now. I've lost count because you love... Everybody's got it. I, I, I literally don't even know what I'm asking now anymore. I'll tell you straight out, Jeeves, I have literally no idea. You'll have blown my mind. When this Tilabanda Yani just cussed these two Yani for being rubbish, and then he says to me, Oh, my one hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What can, I can't think now. Now I literally have no idea what I asked. Did I ask? I want to see who doesn't have it. Okay. So who doesn't have it? So we've got just one. Okay, and so one of them doesn't have it. I've got two, I've got two without it. <laughs> See that? That is, he just won't let you win. Can you believe that? He said, I've got two that doesn't have it. 
that's just the, that's the problem with the chief. He's so. What's the word? Excellent. No. Excellent. No. Petty. Petty. Why do you have to cut a sister up, man? She found one. And you should say, I've got one as well. No, I've got two that doesn't have it. <laughs> that <was the> <laughs> Go on then, which ones is it? So I've got uh, ones in Urdu Quran. Legit. Okay, good. This is what I really wanted. Okay, here we have a, a Quran uh, or a version of the Quran which is the Qira of Warsh. <laughs> it's going to be religious on us. Oh, whoa, 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 slow down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's in about 10 minutes, man. That's in about 10 minutes. We have to go build up to that moment. We have to build up to that moment. Okay, no, that's fine. You, you hold on to that. So what I want to, what I want to, uh, what I've illustrated to you so far, hopefully, and online, Quran Explorer has one, mine has one. Okay, all right. So what that indicates to you already is that there is some discussion and difference of opinion upon numbering of verses. And that's the most important consequence of this exercise. So that next question should be, is that possible? Is it possible to differ over the Quran like that? I thought that the Quran was unchanged, Quran was word of Allah, Quran was you know, this, this, that, whatever. And so it is an important discussion to have and we're going to have it right now. Okay? I want you to understand that the Quran in its perfection and its protection does not mean that there are some significant discussions and even differences amongst even the companions and the latest scholars and especially current scholars on certain realities therein. However, the differences and the nature of these differences are entirely organizational and never content. They are nothing related to content. Do you understand? They're not linked to meaning or they're not linked to, or sorry, unexpected meaning, or they're not linked to some kind of deficiency. It's not like one companion said, this is in and this isn't. Uh, or that this is, you've added too much. You get what I'm trying to say? So there is not a single discussion about, yani, that, you know, what's, what's there, what's not. Rather, it's the, the discussion of what is the classification. So for example, yani, even the Malikis, okay, and we'll come to this, you know, this, this point, um, and they are the, they are they've got the most extreme opinion amongst the four schools because once you start including everyone then you got crazy crazy behavior but amongst the four orthodox schools of fiqh uh, uh, and deen um, the malikis do not consider um, uh, the the best even to be an ayah at all it's not an ayah at all it's just uh, there in the in the quran Okay, it's literally just a divider. Even in the beginning, yeah, not the Surah Namal. No, Surah Namal is not Basmala. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll come to that. You know, in Surah Namal, verse 30, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Innahu min Sulaiman wa innahu bismillahir rahmanir rahim. And this is uh, Bilqis speaking when she's reading out to her advisors that she's received a letter, a very noble and respectful letter from the King Solomon that says, and it's from Solomon, she says to her, uh, to her advisors, it's from Solomon and it starts Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. So this is not the Basmala. This is Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim inside the ayah, which is making part of the Quran. It's not 
in its normal function. Is that clear, everybody? That's, no one's discussing that. That's very much part of the Quran. We are talking about the basmala that you find everywhere else. What is its status? What is its status? And there are a number of different opinions. Some said, as the Maliki said, they said it's not even an ayah. It's just a surah divider. It's an organizational thing. The Hanafis have an incredible opinion. The Hanafis, they said that it's an ayah. It is an ayah, but it's an ayah to divide surahs. And that's the most weakest of the opinions because it's obvious that if you use it with Fatiha, you're not dividing a surah because Fatiha is the first surah. Correct? And as the scholars said, it's obviously not it's an incorrect opinion because where is that, what's the other place where it's, it's interesting, the basmala? In Surah Tawbah, Bara'a. It doesn't have a basmala. So how can it be a divider between Anfal and Bara'a? You get the point? So that's why the scholars rejected the Hanafi opinion. The Maliki opinion was the other extreme. They said it's not even an ayah at all. It's something which is... Uh, um, it's a divider. The Shafi'i said it's definitely an ayah. And with Fatiha, it's an ayah from Surah Al-Fatiha. And then some of them then said it's an ayah from the rest of the surahs. However, here's the interesting thing. In all of the ones that I've made you get out and look at, okay, what did you find? You found it as one, yeah? Yes. Right. Okay, go to, go to uh, any other surah. Go to the next one. Baqarah. Yeah, we know you've proved it, yeah. Bakara, what is it? Is it number one? Yes or no? Ali Imran, yes or no? No, 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 no. It will not appear again as number one. So actually all the scholars were very comfortable that it's not part of any other surah other than Fatiha. Yani, in, in, in terms of the, the debate around it, I mean. And the Shafi'i, so they said it is an ayah, and it's an ayah in all of its dividing places, and it's an ayah from Surah Al-Fatiha, and it's not part of Bara'a. It's a very safe position, what the Shafi'is basically said. The Hanbalis, what did they say? And this is the position of Sheikh Uthameen. This is the position of Ibn Taymiyyah. It's also the position of this class as well. Which is that it is an ayah mustaqillah. It is an independent verse. And that's it. It is sometimes used to start a surah. It is sometimes not used to start a surah. No more, no less. Don't get into the difficulties of what the Hanafis got into. See, they said... It, 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 they said it exists to divide it exists to define which makes sense but the Quranic fact shows that it can't divide if it's not being used if it's used at the beginning because there's never been a difference over the beginning and, and, how, and why is it not there to divide between Anfal and Bara'a or Tawbah you get the point? so the correct position uh, anyway like I said this is all acceptable this is a difference of opinion but now uh, so I want you to now understand the, the virtue and the nature of it. But more important, I want to just ram home this principle that you should not be shaken or worried that how is it possible that the people are not yani, clear about what Fatiha is? Yani, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, whether the Basmala is part of it or not. And I say to you, it doesn't matter whether the Basmala is part of the Fatiha or not. What matters is that the Basmala is there in the Quran and that there was no difference of opinion upon that. Okay, so when it comes to the verses of Quran, you'll often hear and you'll find, you know, if you Google this kind of stuff or listen to, I don't know, whatever, that the verses of the Quran are how many? What's the popular kind of thing you hear? 6,236. You think that's popular? I, 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 I've always, yani, when I looked at it from a non-Muslim and thingy, yeah, the, the, popularist, the populist kind of thing is that it's 6666. 6666. You heard that before? 
Yeah, I've heard that before, read it before a number of times. And uh, anyway, the point is, it's way out. It is 6236, 6235, 62. So why is there a difference of opinion? It's only based upon when do we stop and start the next ayah. When the Prophet said, now, now I'm going to do another debate. Is the Mus'haf that we have today the Mus'haf of the Prophet or is it the Mus'haf of Uthman? And what would the difference be? And is it the Mus'haf of Uthman or is it the Mus'haf of a collective uh, uh, collaboration of scholars throughout the times that have finally come across an international standard? That, that, that discussion, now I need to explain it. What does this discussion even I indicate? It indicates that the way that we recite the Qur'an right now, stopping where we recite now, pausing where we pause right now, is that exactly the manner of a mushaf that was written and seen by the Prophet ﷺ at that time? It seems very, very unlikely. It's a very weak opinion to believe that. Because at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, there was never any need. And all of our early manuscripts, manuscriptural evidence, manuscriptural? That doesn't make a new word. What's the, what's the thing of manuscript? Scriptural? Manuscript evidence, I think it is. Okay. Our early manuscript evidence shows those early pre-100 Hijri copies of the Qur'an, especially the ones that were found in Yemen, okay? uh, which yani, you know, uh, Yasin Dutton worked on yani, from Edinburgh, okay? and he wrote a book on it as well, uh, showed that there's no dots, yani, let alone Kasra's Fatha Zabar Ziyar and all that behavior. That's a luxury of all luxuries. It's only, no, no, no dots, no qaf, no fa, no sheen, no, you can't see. In Warsh, sometimes you can see there is no dot. In, in, in Warsh, that's a given, that one dot is a qaf, and no dot is a fa. Imagine. Whereas, you know, hafs, the, 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 the version of the Qur'an that we use, one dot is fa, two dots is qaf. Now imagine no dots. You'd be like, what am I going to do here? It'd be a disaster, isn't it, yeah? And that, that, that emphasizes what I keep telling people is that, you know, when people talk to us about our, our tradition, what they forget is that ours is an oral tradition, not oral, oral, A-U-R-A-L. It's an oral tradition in that it's passed on, but in terms of how it's collected, it's collected orally, yeah? Um, and so we have the sounds memorized that define, therefore, words. And the text is a backup. The written form is the backup. Now, of course, it's the other way around, standard. Yeah, that is the original because we're so rubbish at hivs. And when we got doubts, we got a quick look at the... But in principle, it was heard so many times, people reciting so many times that what I recite is the standard. You get what I'm saying? And so there's no need to have dots and zabar and zir and whatever. To the extent that they were so in line with the meanings of the actual verses that they didn't need to see... That, you know, circle, this is where the ayah stops, circle, this is where the ayah stops, circle, this is where the ayah stops. And that is why the companions themselves also didn't add numbers. So, for example, we can debate the number of verses and that debate will never ever end. But you know what debate will never end, what has ended? That there are 114 surahs in the Qur'an. That's not a debate. That's a consensus on that point. You know what debate has ended? What the first is and what the last is. You know what debate has ended? The content of the Qur'an. You know what debate has ended? Is there any extra letters to be added or any extra letters taken off? So this is not what's in debate. What's in debate is where the comma is going. 
where the expression is going, where the emphasis is going by the comma that you add. And you all know when you learn Tajweed, la means this and ta means that and waqf lazim and waqf madrish and all this kind of behavior. Yeah? And I, even that, I, I, I want to tell people, this is scholars' own, you know, I mean, I know that Tajweed teachers yani, like to make it out to be, yani, you know, the be all and end all of all yani, Islam. Okay, I don't want to hate too much because I know my missus is really going to kill me when I get home because she really gets upset when I say these things. Okay, but Tajweed is mega overrated, yani Islamically. Okay, not the recitation. <laughs> Studying Tajweed, twenty flipping years. Tajweed, 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 Tajweed. Tajweed is style. Tajweed is yani. But people go to a bit of extreme. We need to, you know, studying Qur'an is very important. You need to move on from Tajweed. You know, get Tajweed is to make sure that you don't recite like I do, which is rubbish. Right? And you recite so, like proper, like someone like, uh, um, like Husari or like Minshawi. Okay? Yeah, Ma'asura with the Egyptians who are focusing more on form rather than. If you, form, if you reckon, if focus on form more than substance, is substance the same as form? And it's style which is the contradictory thing, yeah? Do you say form, not substance, or do you say form, not style? You lot are rubbish in English, man. I swear, wasting my time, man. Okay, so the, the important thing is to focus more on form and substance and not style. Whereas, you know, you've got people, and, and in fairness, I don't know enough about Qiraat to, like Sheikh Abdul Rashid Sufi is the greatest reciter on this planet. And I think he will go down as the greatest in history ever. And I'm, I'm putting him in all of the categories of everyone in history. No doubt about it. But can I tell you authoritatively, as a scholar of Qiraat, whether he gets all of the thingies correct technically, I can't. And my suspicion is that he doesn't. Because he's just too nice to listen to. Because someone who sounds that good, I think it's impossible that he's worrying about the technical facts. And in fact, I'll tell you something straight. Our Sheikh, Sheikh Muhammad Hassan al-Daddu al-Shanqiti, Yani, in a kind of indirect statement, he also kind of mentioned that, you know, that uh, I was reading, um, I was reading something. He was giving an interview and uh, he was asked about the Qurra and he did not put Sheikh Abdul Rashid as the most correct. He actually mentioned some other people as most correct. Like I said, you've got to be a scholar to recognize that level. When we died for listening to him because we loved his recitation so much, it sounds perfect, his pronunciation is perfect, his qira'at uh, excellence is perfect, but when it comes to the technical rules of madud and this, that, whatever, whatnot. You can also sometimes hear some of the different qira'at coming in when he's... I don't think it's different qira'at because I think he's more disciplined than that, but I think that, you know, when a person recites in an emotional way, then of course when you're reciting out of emotion and a heart, which is how you should be reciting, this is why I'm anti-tajweed in that sense, definitely. You want to listen to someone who recites even with a rough voice, but he recites with meaning. Whereas people, they want to listen to all sing-song, yani, you know, behavior. I can't listen to, you know, people like, you know, uh, uh, this uh, dog. Uh, yeah, oh my God, this murder that is. And, you know, and all these people. And we don't need to yani, give them our good deeds. The point is, even though we only did one this week. So, yeah, so obviously, I want everyone to understand we're covering a big sub. So, well, how long are we going on for? What's happening here? Okay, we're going to close with this then. So, um, you know what? Someone, we're at the bottom of 57. One of you remember that, okay? Bottom of 57. 
uh, we're going to prove next week that uh, Basmala is not from Fatiha, okay? Yeah, everybody online, a couple of announcements actually that came to me in the last couple of, a lot of people asking about podcasts, about this, that, you know, what's happening with our tech team at the moment, they're struggling big time, like mega, mega, mega projects all on his head at the moment, and the whole thing's gone to pot. So what that means is that we have to wait on certain functionality, so please be patient, okay? Um, and I know you've been more, more than patient, but you're just going to have to keep waiting, because frankly, we just can't give it to anyone else to do. That's the problem. We can't, it's too invested in one person. And so we just have to wait. And um, some functionality has returned. Comments that you made in the early lessons are back. Notes as well? Uh, so notes, yeah. So for this year, for LP and QP, obviously, that you started this year, you can access all the lessons and all the comments and all your notes. Yeah, or, or online. And uh, within another week, we'll have the audio and and the transcribed notes and you know this is going to start coming you know the actually notes are done but they're not up we can't get it up we can't host the thing super irritating but just as the way it is um people have been asking about hajj or they're confused about hajj the Amer Amer american and canadian contingency it is open to canadians and to americans they do fill in the same form and you are very late if you've been thinking that it's not uh, for Canadians or Americans. It was originally Canadian for crying out loud. And, uh, 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 but the spaces are nearly done, as what, what I understand. So just so that, uh, you know, Danish told me today to make sure that clear in this LP lesson, that if you are in Canada and US, you still fill in the same form, which is on the Hajj with AE slash Hajj thing, and uh, you get, you register whatever it is. The other thing I was gonna say is, uh, yeah, transcribed notes, Masoudi hasn't uh, uploaded. We've got them, but we can't get, get them up just yet, so you have to wait for one, one, two weeks for that. Um, uh, what was I going to end with? What did I say I was going to do? Discuss the what? I mentioned to you about the ayah with the waqf. Yeah, so I want you to understand that this human decision, okay, Sheikh Uthameen makes a statement, he goes, this is ishtihad of the companions with the issue of the basmala, yani to make a decision to stop there and to actually call it yani, a one or not to call it a one and a decision to include it or not include But there's no doubt about it that this ishtihad is not the normal ishtihad that people make. Because you know ishtihad, when a person makes his best opinion, that by definition, ishtihad by definition is dhanni, it's speculative, it's a person's opinion which can be accepted or rejected. But when all of the companions exercise ishtihad and they agree upon it, it becomes law. Get my point? So the actual, yani, I want you to understand that the decision to have the basmala there is an ishtihad by the companions, which is part of law. What's not part of law is whether to, to take it as Fatiha or not, whether it should be part of Fatiha or not, or considered to be the first verse of Fatiha or not. And as I showed you in the different mushafs, in some of them you have it as number one, in others you don't. Does it affect it, Yani, in a way? Not really, not so much. Yani, its consequence is not a massive legal one, but you need to know the facts. And that extends to all of the things that are done in the Qur'an. I mean, think about it. A lot of people nowadays, they can't read the Qur'an except it's in the colored one, you know, the Tajweed version, right? Where do you think that came from? That was only made like 20, 30 years ago by some guy who thought, you know what? It's not like I didn't do the packs enough by giving them all the Zabarzis under the sun and Sukuns yani, to, the, to the end of time, yeah? You look at, you know, how the Arab Qur'an is and people like have a heart attack when they open it, right? And you always used to go back to the Guji one or the Pak one. You know, the Guji South African one. What a Don Qur'an that used to be. Sick one. Yes. 
and and you know you got absolutely every zabr zay sukun. There's no way you're making a mistake. They even chucked in the little the little hamzas at the beginning of the ayah. You make dua, ya Allah, thank you. And then the little noons and the little thingies there, helping you, helping you, helping you. You read a normal Quran, you ain't getting squat help, mate, right? So people went further and further. So now they added colors. Now they're telling you where you have to do idgham and where you got to do idhar and where. And it's following the key and you look and qalqala now. So, okay, now you see the red. Let me do qalqala now. People are always trying to help. And that's okay. That's the whole point. If you compare the original mushaf, you've got literally naked script. No, nothing above it, nothing below it. Can you imagine that? No dividers, no hizb, no, uh, what do they call the packs call it? Ruku, Ruku, Hizb, Madrish, whatever, none of that, nothing like that, only identified new surahs. And even the names of the surahs is a discussion. Even the names, when they would talk about surahs, they would either refer it to a very defining word in the surah, or they would often say, recite, or recite, like that, the first line. So even the names, even though, even though there is more evidence for the names as well. So I want you to know that when people put this uh, meme in, waqf lazim or waqf death, yeah, and if you, if you go, whatever they call it, yeah? <laughs> Do you get slapped up? You get beats. I want to go back and get yeah, any compensation for all the beats I got. What's all that about? The fun of the waqf lazim is that if you were to continue there, then it changes the meaning. That's the whole point. That's in that person's, that's in that person's opinion. That's the whole point we're trying to explain. That when a person is doing this work, khidmah to the Qur'an, he's coming from a position. The position he's coming from is, this verse means this. To protect this, meaning, I've got to make the person pause here, because if he pauses to the next, if he carries on, it changes the meaning. So that in itself is judgmental, uh, 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 an ishtihad position. And... I, 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 what what Abdul Nasser said is that it is important to recognize that this doesn't come from a position of frivolity. It's not a game. These are the highest level of scholars that are trying to protect the reader from falling into mistake and saying kufr, for example, or saying something very, you know, or changing the meaning entirely or something yani crazy. So it needed to be done. We shouldn't say it shouldn't be done or it didn't need to be done, you should ignore it. No, you need to uh, uh, apply you need to follow the mushaf that you're going with, you know, but you can do a very easy exercise yourself. Open up, yani, for example, Pakistani mushaf and open up an Arab one next to it, okay? There's no such thing as Pakistani Arab, but you know exactly what I mean. And look at a couple of verses and you will see a meme in one and not a meme in another. You'll see a lamb in one and not a lamb in the other because this is a personal decision where I want you to pause or don't pause. And that's, that's the same, you know, when you, when you read Quran, when you read Quran or when you're taught Quran, what are you told by your teacher? If you stop at a place, are you allowed to just carry on from there? You're slapped if you do that, isn't it? You've got to go back and add a word. Who said you've got to go back and add a word? You know, if someone tells me to that, I go, you can add as much words as you want, I'm carrying on. Because I don't stop at a place in the middle of a sentence. That's because you understand it. That's because I understand it. So you understand that these tools are there to ensure people who don't understand don't make a mistake. So we've got to be clear to say that these things are not to be taken in of themselves as important. They are important because of its consequence. Does that, does that make sense? It's not, the meaning, yeah. It's not because it, yeah, it's value. They are very important, very valuable. It's part of our knowledge and it's got the agreement of the ummah on it. We don't, yeah, no one goes and take, starts taking them out. 
But what you got, what you got, to, what what you got to do is to abide by them, and educate yourself to keep your understanding more and more and more. Like you said, you know, the That's where we do it. Fazana, well done. Yeah, fitna. That's the ayah with Ali Imran where we study this because Aisha said that you stop. Ibn Abbas said, No, before it. What's the words before it? Before it, before. Uh, the vast majority put the waqf lazim after illallah. None knows the meaning of it except Allah. The next word says and the people of knowledge. Uh, 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 Aisha said it's, it's the, the waqf lazim is after the the ilm. Are you going to argue with Aisha? She says that Allah knows the meaning and the deeply rooted people of knowledge, they also know the meaning as well. Right? That was her opinion. The vast majority of the scholars said, no, this word ta'wil, وَلَا يَعْلَمُ تَأْوِيلَهُ Allah does not mean Allah does not, uh, that the meaning is not known except by Allah. It means that the consequence, the end, ta'wil has two meanings. It means the meaning, interpretation, and it means the final decision, the final end. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can know that. That's at the, it's only Allah. That's a whole different uh, verse. It starts from there. So I want you to understand that the decision to put these works and these stars and these lambs or whatever is a personal decision from scholars. And we respect it. And we follow the majority. And that is what the people do. You've got to understand that when you see a printed Quran, there's a huge amount of work that's happened beforehand. Huge. Huge, and checking and researching and whatever. And then once that final copy is done, it's certified, then they put it into the printing press and they produce billion copies. You get my point? Whether the Basmala is part of Al Kawthar? No. I never, I ne I, I never heard that, 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 that argument that Basmala is part of Al Kawthar. So I hope you understand that. Yeah? Um, yes, I am uh, in Shido next week. And uh, any questions? Folks, we've got questions here. Any questions? Nobody? Any questions online, Shaz? Bring it down. about the Musab, which Musab we have. Yeah. So, because it was the Musab of Hafsa, Hafsa radiallahu anha, when Osman radiallahu called that. So, it's the same as Rasulullah. No, no, no. The, 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 the understanding is not that. Because when people talk about the Mus'haf or Uthman, what I call the Uthmani Codex, okay, this is not referring to something that was pre existing. It it's referring to Uthman. Writing based upon all the companions there and collating from all the companions that which there can be no discussion about because once the Masahib got spread out, people were then adding their own notes and own, own versions and own hadith and own this, that, whatever. Things were getting mixed up. So he gathered all the companions again. Can we please agree on what's the beginning, what's the end, what's the tartib, what's the surahs, what's the quantity? They did. He then uh, jumped it. Like, I'll give you an example. Well, I do this in fitna. No, I don't. I do this in something else. I can't remember why I do this in. Look at uh, Surah Al-Baqarah in your apps, everybody. Look at Surah Al-Baqarah. No. Okay, everybody there? Look at the second, the third verse. <laughs> 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 
Yeah? Look at the word as-salah. You can see it, right? Everybody can see salah? Okay, now look at me. Don't look at your phones. Okay, don't look at your phones. You're not allowed to look at your phones. Just look at me. Nearly everyone has some basic rudimentary understanding of Arabic. Agreed? Okay, don't look at the phone. Let's, let's write salah together, okay? Don't look at your phone. First letter? Sad. Okay. Second letter? Lam. Third letter? Alif. Fourth letter? Tamarbuta, yeah? Not pronounced yeah, and when, you, when you stop on it. Salah. But if you were to pronounce any other letter, word, it would be Lam and then Alif. Everybody happy with that, yeah? Everyone even understands that. Now look at your Salah. This is a woe with a little mud on top. What do you call it? No. Oh, what a sick, sick phrase. Okay. So we've got little Karizabar knocking it out on the wall there. Okay. And I put to you that that's not the way you write Salah. So the way that you write Salah, is that the wrong way to write Salah? If you are writing an Arabic exam, if you are writing a Hadith exam, or you are writing an Islamic exam in Islamic university, and someone said write Salah, you would write it like I just told you. When you look in the books of Fiqh of Salah, or whatever, you see Salah, like I said, because it's spelling. However, this is also the spelling. And the reason that we only find this, and you should only find this in the Mus'haf that you should stick to, is because this is Rasm Uthmani. This is the one according to the Uthmani Codex. Uthman is not saying that you can't pronounce, because when you pronounce, there's no difference in pronunciation. This is salah, and the other one's salah. But in writing it down, we are protected to this level. We protect it to this level. That we will even protect the spelling that we wouldn't use, but they used. To protect the way that Uthman had all of the companions agree upon. Do you understand? Now here's the thing. What I normally do is that we go across yani, the different mushafs and find the one that doesn't have the wow alif. Okay? Come on, Usman. You, yani, you, you see yourself a bit of a player. Who's going to come up with the prize today? Who's going to find in their app the one app that doesn't have a wow alif? Let me help you and save your time. It will be, if you're going to find it, it will be in one of those multi-purpose apps. Okay, I'm helping you out here, little clue. Okay, you're not going to find it in the dedicated apps. You know why? Because the dedicated apps, they pay a lot of money to develop those apps. They either do A, a complete rendition of the Usmani Codex into Arabic, which takes a lot of money and a lot of time, or B, what do they do? They use PDFs. They use images, which are just taken straight from normal Mus'haf. Those apps that don't have that resource, don't have that money, don't have the specialists, or don't have the focus on the Qur'an, they actually want a multi-purpose Islamic app, app, what do they do? They say, we'll just write it out like it is. Salah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Except that that's not Rasm Uthmani. That's not Rasm Uthmani. Me and Shaykh Abdul Ghaffar were working on an app for some developers. Okay. And... Uh, uh, the, 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 the app developers, they were using the, um, the uh, normal Arabic. They were not using Rasm Uthmani 
for them to use Rasam Uthmani was going to double the cost of their app. Double the cost of their app because they are doing like a search engine kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. I just want you to know that that's, that's a thing. What I've just said to you is a thing. Okay? And it exists all over the Quran. It's called Rasam Uthmani. And I just want to advise you that you should, you should avoid the app and reading Quran in a Mus'haf or app that is not according to Rasm Uthmani. And if you want a nice, easy way of working it out, just look at the first page of Baqarah and see how Salah is spelled. You know what I'm saying, folks? Yeah? Even though in pronunciation there's no difference. And that shows to the level of accuracy, to the level of yani, focus that we see. I mean, I don't want to take it to the next level, but I'll tell you something else. What did I say to you about 20 minutes ago about yani, the original Mus'haf, uh, the original, uh, the original Mus'haf, yeah. No dots. no dots, which would mean definitely no Qari Zabar. <laughs> so imagine that. Imagine you come across this word. What would it say? So what would it say? No. No. Salut. Salawat, you're all saying salawat. It would say salut. But if the qari zabar is not there, it says salut. But, but then how, how are you making your lami to do that? And because there's a wow there. Okay. <laughs> and so I said, the letters have always been there. I'm glad that you've got equal doubt. She's that sitting there, okay? <laughs> you see, look how happy he is. That's why you need knowledge of tajweed. And that's that. You don't need knowledge of tajweed. You don't need knowledge of tajweed, you need knowledge of the hivs of the text. So it goes back to the original point that the Quran is a... Exactly. Oral now you get the point now? No. You see, they wrote it like that, and if you were to read it only, it reads only salutah. It doesn't read anything else. Unless you have heard it from the Prophet ﷺ, that it's salah. Because there's a qarizabar there. You get the point? So that's why... And when I did my research into this, I was actually a lot more lenient on this matter than Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar. Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar, old school. You've got to understand, yani, these people are very rare. All right? They're, and this, you know, people in this debate, they would say he's backward in this. He's not willing to, like from a scholar's point of view, that would be our immediate reaction. Like, yani, from a fiqh point of view, which is not his area and it's my area, I'll say, to, I'll say to him that, you know, he'll claim ijma'ah. He'll say, there's an ijma'ah of all of the ummah that you can only recite the Quran uh, in this way. I said to him, bring the evidence. And he can't bring one single evidence. What his evidence is, is the action of the nation has been upon Rasm Uthmani. Now anyone who studies fiqh knows that even though that's a general evidence, the actions of the people, it's not a primary evidence. Primary evidence is hadith, sunnah, ijma'a, stated. The action of the people is like a good indicator of you're on the right path or not. It's not a primary evidence. And I said that to Abu Dhafar. So you'll never be able to prove that we have to only have to recite or use one which is upon Rasm Uthmani. What's most important is that you recite it correctly. Right? That you recite the right thing and that there's no mistake in it. But because he's old school and I'm not willing to make up, I'm, don't, I'm not going to compromise, whatever, whatnot. That is one of the blessings of old school education. That strictness protects that original text. And it's that strictness which has protected it so far. And I, 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 like I said, even though I, I Islamically believe it is permissible to both read, write, use Arabic thingy, completely permissible, yeah? And there is no evidence for an ijma'ah, I do support the ijma'ah. 
Because there's a function there. And you know if someone to ask me, what is that function? I would say not only is that above my pay grade, but it's above the pay grade of nearly every teacher that I asked this question in the last 20 years. Because someone said to me once, the example that I just gave you about soluta, yeah? Now soluta itself is a word, you found one? That, that uh, has salah in it, yeah? And what kind of a program is it? What's the name of the app? Yeah, searchtruth.com. There you go. Okay? Not your specialist Quran app like I suggested, right? Okay? There you go. <laughs> so, um, I want to say that there was some argument that was way above my pay grade then, and it's still way above my pay grade right now, that having the written form of saluta and only reciting as salah has some inherent wisdom. A wisdom that only the leaders of the leaders of the scholars understand. And that needs to be protected for whatever reason. I remember having a discussion with Sheikh Kehlan where he tried to explain it, then he kind of stopped because he realized he couldn't explain it. And so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's one that none of us get. So, no one so understands. Many words in the Quran which are written were not pronounced. Yeah. Many not written but pronounced. Yeah, that, 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 yeah that, that itself is a low level understanding. I'm saying there's something far heavy, far deeper. Isn't, isn't the action of Uthman burning all the Musahib? Is their argument? Is an evidence? No, no. Is their argument that this has to be taken? We say it was the position of Uthman. It was an exaggerated move to show the protection. The companions themselves had already and gone with their masahif feeling comfortable. They agreed to his position because they're the We can argue out of that. Like I said, it's not. We're not. We're not saying there's an ayah or there's a hadith. It's not primary, primary. But definitely, we should respect this position. The ummah has agreed upon it. And that's why I said I like and appreciate that kind of uh, uh, approach. Uh, and I want you to understand, Yani, that there's more to the Qur'an than meets the eye, and there's more to the people of Qur'an than meets the eye. You know this example about the Ghaffar being old school, and Yani, his approach, whatever, it's a huge blessing that many of the people in this community don't understand. A lot of people like Abdul Ghaffar because he's funny. A lot of people like Abdul Ghaffar because he recites nice. I like Abdul Ghaffar because he is the last of his generation. That's the real problem. You look at the other imams, you look at the next generation, they're not, yani, even if they're studying Quran day and night, they won't have 5% of the interest or desire for the Quran that Abdul Ghaffar has. He's the last of his generation. At his age, I mean. At his age. I don't know of anyone that's born in the West that has that. And he's, a, he's an immigrant. He wasn't born here. The people in this country, they refuse to embrace the Quran like the old school people do. That's why Abdul Ghaffar has to be kept on, even if he becomes 100 years old. Like on a very, I'm speaking very seriously. You know, I joke a lot, but this is very serious. Not for his recitation. You have to understand what I'm talking about here. But because he is a protector of the Quran and its, and its art and its sciences and its meaning. Because, the, like I said, the, the, the rest of the generations after him and at his generation, but born in other countries other than where he was born, they are very comfortable to allow certain things to slide with respect to the Quran. You're seeing a package deal and you're looking at the attractive parts. You're not seeing the real engine behind that. It's a real, real in interesting point. Even though it might not even technically be correct what he's saying, that there is it's haram to recite outside of Uthmani Codex. I spent a good couple of weeks with him debating him and he even now kind of accepts my opinion as well. And, but, but we both come out of that conclusion that regardless of the legal opinion, because you know as we said before so many times, this religion is not based upon 
the legal realities in law. It's about protection. It's about doing more than, than you need to, right? Anyway, we've gone on way too long. Uh, uh, there's no questions here, guy. Uh, Shaz, go right to the top. Uh, is it okay for a parent to lead the child in salah if the child is 10? Yes, that's okay. Because, because uh, uh, a person leading the prayer themselves like as if they're in a jama'ah is what you would do if you're praying on your own anyway. There's not a problem to recite loudly and say Allahu Akbar and so on and so forth. It doesn't matter who joins or not. Okay? Is there a four sunnah before asr? According to some scholars, yani, but, but the most correct position, it seems that there is no authentic uh, hadith that indicates that. Down, down, down. Come quick, 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 quick. Uh, uh, what is a class opinion reciting the basmala silently? Yes, that's, uh, the, the position is that you do recite it and silently. But that's not because it's part of Fatiha, but because it's part of Salah. Okay? Is there a difference on the numbering of the last 10 ayah of Surah Al-Imran? There's a difference on every surah. There's a difference on every surah. Every surah there's some discussion. Because every sentence can be cut right in middle. Every sentence could be paused. Every sentence where you see a lamb and a ta, that could be the end of an ayah. Right? How many times you come across an ayah which is really long and you're thinking that you could make three, four ayahs out of this? Especially when you pause, and I don't mean like a little pause, but I mean a pause and a total change of context in the same ayah, meaning another conversation starts. But the scholars preserved it, even though they must be saying, you know what, definitely we need to put a new number of verse here. But you know what, our early scholars already put a number there, so they'll carry on with it. I'm telling you, the numbering is not so important, the stopping is not so important, the interacting with the meaning is the most important thing. 282, yeah, the full page. 282? No, I don't, yeah, 282 would work, yeah. But I, I, think, I think even more, less obvious ones. Uh, I don't know whether it was a position of Abu Hanifa, Oasis, that's a good question. I only know it to be the Hanafi school, okay? The, the idea that it's not, a, uh, it's not an ayah, uh, it's, a, it's a only a dividing ayah, uh, or whatever. How do we reconcile the, the idea that the name of Ar-Rahim relates to Allah's treatment of the believers in the Akhirah in the light of... It's a good question that the Sulanj... She says that in this ayah, Allah says that he is Rahim and not Ar-Rahim and mentions An-Nas, which includes the non-Muslims. Yet you said, me, that Ar-Rahim refers to, um, Ar-Rahim refers to the um, specific mercy that the believers will get in the Akhirah. The easy, cheap answer is the answer that she's already given for me. Yeah. So that's the answer for that. It's easy and cheap. It's easy and cheap. She recognizes it as well. I know it's easy and cheap. I don't like a cop-out answer. But yeah, the cop-out answer is that it's not Alif Lam. Okay, like she says, it's not the definite article. Yeah, but it doesn't answer the question that does Rahim without the indefinite article not indicate at least some specificity? Abdul Rashid Sufi, better to listen to them in Shawi to my ear, yes. Yani, maybe equal. In Shawi, wallahi, yani, something else. When you listen to Min Shawi, you feel like yani, not that I know, but you do feel high though. Right. Can we take medication that are made from gelatine? I would avoid that. If you can avoid it and there's an, or there's an alternative, 
and uh, if there's an alternative, then you should, uh, you should take the tablet or the solution, okay? It's because I'm starting to now become more convinced that gelatin has a lot more of its original gelatinous substance than before. I have heard that uh, uh, song, Adhan uh, uh, sung by, uh, by Sinead O'Connor, and yes, we are all scarred for life, not just you. Joeria. Um, okay, you know what? There's a lot of this. A lot of, there's a lot of questions here, man. What's happening here? Carry on. How long has the lesson got? One hour, 45 minutes. So you know what? We've got to make sure all these people put their question again, okay, next lesson. Just tell everyone, okay? Because we have to, because I've got a meeting now. Yeah, okay, everybody, everybody who's got a lesson, there's like about 10 questions left, and we've got, we've got an hour 45. Please paste your questions. I give you the responsibility. If you don't, if you're too lazy to check, then you're tough. Please paste it at the beginning of next lesson. If I forget, we protect this house in Birmingham in, a, in, a, in about a month, and London in about three weeks, and uh, be quick. Right, come on.